0: The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it?
0: and I'm going to let Corinne introduce himself. Can you just talk a little bit about how you got involved in the industry and what you do?
1: Yeah. So thanks so much for having me, Haley. Uh, My name is Corinne Najavin, and I'm founder of The Expansion Project. And about a year ago, I realized that humans in dentistry were extremely burned out, stressed. We're facing a lot of mental health challenges in an industry that I think everyone thinks is incredibly lucrative and when you think of the word dentist, you think of the word success. I mean, I always grew up thinking, hey, every doctor is, is successful. And I think it's what happens behind the doors that you may not recognize is, is, is happening is in that there's high rates of suicide, high rates of depression, high rates of uh, divorce, uh, drug use and things of that nature. And I, I found this niche of, of dentists who I believed were suffering in silence. So I started as, as a non-dentist, I started speaking about mental health and dentistry. And as a non-dentist, people kind of appreciated that I wasn't a dentist that was, that was telling them the, the same message. So over the last year, year and a half, I've been putting off personal growth and mindset retreats for dentists, for hygienists, who really want to create what I would call a, a new rich lifestyle. In, in, and what I mean by new rich is people who want time freedom and location freedom. They don't want to be just tied to the practice. They want to actually live out their best lives now as they're about to graduate not necessarily when they're 65, because when I was growing up, that was the, the picture that was painted was you grind for 40 years, be grateful for a job that pays you well, take your couple of weeks vacation a year, get married, have the white picket fence, do all the things that on paper make you feel successful. And then, and then you get to enjoy life at 65. And then you can go to Paris and Egypt and all these places that are on your bucket list. And I just found that most of, uh, most humans would rather do that now. Not not wait till they're sixty five. So now I'm a, am a life coach for dentists, and I do these retreats uh, that are two and a half days long, and uh, really just help people get back in tune with with who they are.
0: So when did you notice this issue amongst dentists? How did you come to find this problem?
1: Yeah, so I had a, I was working with a business coach at the time, and he strongly encouraged me to niche, and I think niching is important in business, whether you're a dental practice or you're a plumber or whether you are selling cars. I think niching and knowing who you're speaking to is one of the key things in sales and business. So I took about a month last year to just study dentistry. I started reading blogs and dental podcasts and friended anybody on Facebook and LinkedIn who had the word dentist in their profile and just started realizing that, okay, well, these issues that I've experienced in my life as a non-dentist are the exact same issues that a dentist is facing. Just because they have a different label of a profession doesn't mean that that they don't have the same human problems. And I had already been doing this work since 2016, just decided to look at it with a different lens of dentistry, which was about 12 months ago. And I started going to dental events and dentists would would verify everything that I was saying was true for them. And I think in, in business and in life, the moment someone verifies or validates an idea that you have, the moment that that's really the moment you start believing in yourself. So I felt like such an imposter going to a dentistry event as a non-dentist saying, I help dentists, which was true, but it wasn't true because I didn't have any clientele at the time. But the moment dentists started verifying that they were having challenges at home or challenges in their practice or challenges with staff, then I got my first client. Then I got my second client, then my dozenth client. And then the business kind of just took off from there.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So I would love to just kind of go through some common issues that you see dentists running into and any advice that you have. So I feel like There's so many different reasons a dentist could have poor mental health. They could be overworked. They could be unstimulated and dissatisfied. Like it could be something with their team, like you were saying, so many different factors. But for the dentist, that's just truly overworking themselves. They never take vacation. They're there constantly with patients and they stay really late. What advice would you have for that person?
1: Yeah, I guess the first question to ask yourself, maybe this is a question for you, Haley. It's like, would you rather go to a dentist that takes vacation Or would you rather go to a dentist who never takes vacation?
0: Yeah, probably someone that takes some time to recoup so they're not exhausted.
1: (laughs) Of course. So I think there's this badge of honor in dentistry that the harder you work, the longer hours you have, the more operations that you've done, the more procedures, the more butts in the seats. It's this overwork mentality. It's like this badge of honor. It's almost like someone feeling like, well, I've got to pay my dues and then I'll be successful. Well, what if, what if in the process of you paying your dues, your your health starts to deteriorate? Your relationships, although you're working all the time and you say you're doing it for the family, your family hasn't seen you in six weeks. What if all this money you're making for vacation? What if you feel so guilty turning off on vacation that you would never actually go on vacation? So I think there's a lot of things that lead to this overwork mentality. And as an associate, you're kind of measured on your production, right? If you're coming in, if you're not producing a certain amount, well, you have a contract. And that contract typically stipulates that you have to have X amount of production per day. And you also get an update. You, you get bonuses based on that, that production value. So as a new grad, oftentimes I hear that you kind of get thrown in the deep end. It's like you do all this practice in school. And then when you're with a real life patient, uh, it's kind of like the training. You just kind of forget it. Kind of like a deer in the headlights. It's like, oh, shit, I'm kind of in the, the real world now. And many of the procedures that you're challenged to do as an associate, when you're finally out of school, you had very little time actually practicing those procedures and you don't want to seem incompetent to the patient, nor do you want to seem incompetent to the dentist who's hired you, who owns the practice. So you just, you kind of get in your own way. And then it just leads to more overwork. Overwork leads to overwhelm, overwhelm leads to stress. And the moment stress comes into the picture, all of a sudden it just becomes this means to an end where, All you think about is the one bad patient that you had. You could have had 20 amazing patients throughout that day. And one thing didn't go according to plan. And that's all you think about. And then that stress carries with you for weeks or months. And all of a sudden it's been a decade and you still remember Sally from your first ever procedure. You're like, oh crap, I still messed up that thing 10 years ago. Like most of my clients, they'll never talk about their good Google reviews. They'll talk about their bad ones.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And I mean, even already in school, I have that same issue where I get bogged down about like the few things that go wrong. So as someone that is starting to practice and is just starting to learn and try to work on their skills, how have you found people can create that balance from putting in time and energy to their craft and to getting better at dentistry, but also making time for other things?
1: Yeah, I think going to CE courses will, will never go out of style. Like, always be learning, always be investing in yourself. Keep that continuing education going, but also realize that, like, you might be a dentist, but you're so much more than a dentist, right? A dentist is just a label. It's just what you do between the hours of 9 a.m. and potentially 5 p.m. But that is it. Like, the moment you have a life outside of dentistry is the moment you become a full, holistic human who is interested in hobbies and passions and things outside of work. You wouldn't believe the amount of dentists that I work with now, who've been practicing for 10, 15, 20 years, who in our, in, our, in our conversations have told me they have forgotten how to dream. They don't know how to dream anymore. They go in, they do their procedures, and they go home, and they do it all over again, and then they go home. And they're just in this monotonous cycle of never breaking their routine or never breaking this pattern of work. So I think one of the, one of the ways to break that is actually have a life outside of work and not feel guilty for having a life outside of your work. I mean, you guys grind for years in school, long nights, so many exams, you know, just to make it as as a dentist. And then you're chasing this thing It's like, I can't wait to graduate. It's like, that's the one thing everyone's chasing. And then you graduate and you start working as an associate and they're like, okay, well, next milestone check. Well, then the next milestone is like, I can't wait to own my practice. And that brings in another load of stressors because now you're also a business owner and you're human resources and you're kind of a therapist to everyone at work. And you're paying all the bills and payroll. So I think having a life outside of work is is very healthy and do not let your career define you as a human or your self-worth.
0: Yeah. I say that so much to the different listeners that I have that I'm not trying to be discouraging and say that there's always going to be hard things in the next steps, but it's true. So starting to build those good habits and work on setting boundaries and find things that you can do to relieve stress and keep up relationships with your loved ones, even in undergrad, when you're trying to get into dental school and then throughout dental school, like those habits are so essential because as you were saying, you can always be looking forward to what's next, what's next, what's next. And then you're never really happy at any point because there's always something else to be working towards.
1: Yeah. It's like a concept called arrival syndrome. Like you'll think I'll be happy when I, when I graduate and then you graduate and you realize you're maybe still not as happy as you had thought. And then you're thinking, well, I'll be happy when I get my first contract and I'm making over six figures. Okay. Well, then you get that. Then you get accustomed to that lifestyle and you're like, well, now I'm not, I'm I'm no longer happy now. I'll, I'll be happy when I own my practice. So then you go do that and you realize, Hey, well, I'm still not happy. And then you realize, well, I'll be happy when I get married. So then maybe you get married in a relationship that you know is no longer serving you, but you still get married because that'll make you happy and that'll fix things. And it's just this always, it's, it's always this future state. It's like we're, we're never truly satisfied with what we have today. And there's this author named Dan Sullivan. He has a concept called the gap versus the gain, right? The gap is where you are versus where you think you should be. Well, if you measure yourself in the gap, there's always going to be a gap. Whereas if you measure backwards, AKA the gain, you can say, well, here's where I am, but look at where I was, right? Look at where I was a year ago. Look at where I was three years ago because I bet your life has changed in the last three years. And my life has definitely changed in the last three years. And let's go back a decade. Has your life changed in the last decade? Of course it has. So imagine how amazing life might be in the next decade. So you can you can view that gap and gain mentality as something that serves you or something that hinders you. And I would rather you focus your energy, focus on look how far you've come and look at the progress you've made because without those small steps that you've taken, you wouldn't be where you are today. So mm-hmm. give, yourself some, give yourself some grace. Don't compare yourself to other dentists or other people in your class, which I know is a big deal and a big issue. It's like, well, I want to mm-hmm. be top. Well, I want to be, it's like, what if you just focus on your own journey and say, well, I'm way better than I was yesterday and I'm way better than I was a year ago. So let mm-hmm. me just stay in my lane, not compare myself to anyone, do the thing that I know how to do best and never try to be someone
0: that I'm not. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That kind of hints at to like imposter syndrome, which I think a lot of people struggle with starting dental school. And then once they're working as dentists too, because there is an unlimited amount of stuff to learn and so many different ways of practicing and so many different philosophies and things, it can be overwhelming that you're never going to know everything. You don't know what you're doing. Your patients like are going to have problems or something. So it's always enough to stress about but exactly what you were saying if you can focus on yourself and your own growth and doing your best you have to at a certain point let everything else go but it's challenging it's something you have to work on
1: yeah and sometimes you feel like an imposter when you're trying to pretend to be someone but I think the real definition of imposter syndrome is when you're actually pretending to be someone you're not mm-hmm. right so you, you 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 truly only feel like an imposter when you think you're someone you're not That's true. And sometimes you think you have to be someone that you're not to impress people in a certain situation. But if you know who you are, and if you don't let social media or your number of likes or followers dictate your self-worth, and if you also stop measuring your self-worth as a human based on what's in your bank account, and maybe you start measuring it on the number of smiles you create or the number of deep conversations you had with your partner, or the number of vacations you were able to take with, with your kids... Well, now you start to define success differently. And I think most people graduate, especially with debt, um, You know, their, their immediate measuring sticks of success is, is financial. Like how quickly can I pay off this debt? Well, how quickly can I get six figures? Well, how quickly can I get this bonus? Well, how quickly can I own my practice? And we just tie success to this financial number because that's what our society has taught us is successful. You make X amount of dollars a month, you have X amount in your bank account, therefore you are successful. And then we're taught that, well, the opposite of those things is not successful. Well, I think if you subscribe to that mentality, you're absolutely right. And you're going to have a very long 40 year career because you're always going to be measuring versus your Apple watch versus someone's Rolex. It's like, it's, it's, it's a different game. You have no idea what game that person is playing. You have no idea what set of beliefs or habits or upbringing that person has. So instead of trying to you know get caught up in that world, again, I'm coming back to this concept of like, if you know yourself, if you study alone time with yourself. You just put your phone in a different room for 10 minutes and just sit with yourself, meditate, journal, do some yoga, get clear on who you are, why you're here, what you're here to do. And keep asking yourself those three questions. You're going to start to realize you're going to create your own lane.
0: Mm -hmm. That's really good advice. And that kind of answers what sort of things do you recommend that people work on now as dental students to give them good building blocks when they are working as a dentist in the future? Do you have anything else to add to that?
1: Yeah, I think every every human, dentist or not, would benefit if they had their own win library. What do I mean by a win library? Is at the end of every single night, document three wins you had throughout the day. Hey, today I smiled more. Hey, today I was a little bit more patient with my parents. Hey, today I did my first procedure, or, hey, I, I got my 10,000 steps in today, or I was not mad at my dog today. It's like, just the, the smallest of things. It's like if you stack up your wins every single day, just three, big or small, well, then every month you have 90 wins to reflect on, roughly. So even if something doesn't go according to plan while you're at work, even if your credit card company calls you and says you're overdue on bills. Or even though you look at your your student loans, you're like, crap, how is this not decreased at all? Well, if you keep looking at your win library, I mean you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a pretty successful month. and if you have enough successful months, you're gonna have a pretty successful year.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And I also was curious with all the different things that Dennis struggle with that we've talked about. Do you find that the way someone's practicing, so whether they're the owner, the associate, a group practice, a solo practice, a big corporate group, like do you notice individual types of practice models having different problems or do you see problems across the board no matter how people
1: practice? I think there's some problems that are consistent across the board with like body aches because you guys are, you know, you're bent over in certain positions. So like I, I know dentists who are in their 30s who have hand problems, who can't practice anymore. I know dentists in their early forties who like their best friend, they told me is the chiropractor, like they go to like once a week, they got to get adjusted. So I think there's some common like physical aches and body aches that, that, that are very common and definitely some common mental problems across the board as well, just from a stress and anxiety standpoint. But the moment you step into becoming a business owner, now you own the business. It definitely brings its own challenges because now you're worried about payroll And payroll is one of the highest expenses of any practice. Like every two weeks, regardless of how many new patients you had or how much production you had or how many collections, you're still responsible to pay the salary of seven to 13 humans who are counting on you. And that brings a different stress. So I know many dentists who are very successful. They own their practice. They make good revenue, but they're still in so much student debt. Not just from school, but they've had to tap into savings to cover payroll. And I think every business owner, dentistry or not, you will go through a period of your time. If you do have a team and you decide to grow and scale, there are going to be those moments where you kind of have to like eat the crap. You're gonna you're gonna find yourself in situations that are not so positive. But that's I think what separates that business owner and entrepreneur mentality than somebody who just wants to be an associate. And there's nothing wrong with either or. Just some people want to own their business and they want to be responsible for growing a company. Some people are more than fine just. Being an associate, getting there four four days a week, getting their salary, and taking locums and just like having fun, like that's there, there's there's no bad or or good here. It's just some people want to be a business owner, and that's a different beast altogether. So, in my experience, those who decide to own their practice do have way more challenges because they're also operating a business. Mm-hmm.
0: And when we were, I knew we were going to talk about kind of mental well being of dentists, I also started to think about the whole team and an office, especially when you're the owner, you are really responsible for creating a good culture there, making sure it's a positive work environment. Do you have any advice for doctors to create that good environment in their own office?
1: Yeah, there's two things that I love to do with practices and they're both very simple ideas. and in my experience, simplicity often works and complexity often does not work. So one of the most simplistic ideas that I roll out at practices, is I have the owner every single week in their one-on-one team meetings, ask three simple questions to every single staff member. And it's very easy to remember. It's called stop, start, continue. What Haley, what do I need to stop doing that's not helping the business? What do I need to start doing that I'm not doing that could help the business? And what should I continue doing that currently is helping the business? And all of a sudden, you you ask every single team member the stops, the starts, the continues. And you have this boatloads of real-time feedback that you can implement into your practice. And it takes 20 minutes to ask every single team member the stop, start, continue. And what your front office sees versus what your hygienist sees versus what you see versus what your associate sees, you, you all see different things. It might be the same practice, but you all are in different boats and different seats of the boat. So you all see the practice differently. So you'd be surprised that the type of real and authentic feedback that comes out of this exercise because people will will as long as you give them full immunity they'll be honest with you they'll say hey these are the things doc that you're doing that are actually causing us harm so i think this asking your, your team to stop start continue has been, a, has been a game changer for a lot of the practices i work with and then i do something fun we call it the the, the top dog award so once a quarter your team votes on who in the, the team has performed the best. And that's just from a productions or collection standpoint, but who's just been the best human, who's been the biggest team player, who's gone above and beyond their their day-to-day responsibilities. And once a quarter, you all nominate a, a, a team member and then the doc announces who won, the person gets a gift card to their favorite restaurant. It's just like a really cool culture building award. And we, we call it top dog, but you can call it whatever you want.
0: Mm-hmm. I like those ideas a lot. So you gave a lot of great advice today and really tangible things people can do in practice. Do you have any closing thoughts or like final words of wisdom you want to leave the listeners with?
1: Yeah, I think dentistry is an incredibly rewarding profession. It can be incredibly lucrative. You can have an incredible lifestyle. Just make sure that you don't lose yourself in the process. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Stick in your lane, know the game that you're playing. And just because somebody else decides to that practice ownership is for them doesn't mean it has to be for you just because someone decides to have five practices and you only have one. hey, that's the game that they want to play. So just get really clear on what do you want out of this profession? what do you want out of this career? and don't be afraid to uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is you don't have to explain your decisions to anyone. So never feel obligated that just because you're an associate and you're not running a business doesn't mean you're you're less than successful in in any regard. So I guess my my closing thoughts are just, know who you are, because at the end of the day, we all have roughly 4,000 weeks to live. And it'd be a shame if your 4,000 weeks uh, weren't what you truly wanted.
0: Mm -hmm. That is very insightful and gives people something to kind of ponder, figure out who they are and what they want in life is always good to be reflecting on, I think. So what is the best way for people to follow you, to see your content and reach out if they have questions or they want to take uh, your course or your retreat?
1: Yeah, my uh, my Instagram is my expansion project. So at my expansion project, and then my website is my full name, CurranTheJobin And we do personal development retreats every couple of months. We do team retreats for practices. Uh, and really, I just I just like to work with humans who are who know deep down that they want more out of life, and can't pinpoint what that more is. So if that's you, or if that's going to be you one day, definitely follow along.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.